Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Good to see you today. We're glad that you are here. And if you do me a favor, reach inside of your program, take out our wonderful connection card here. Here's our Christmas card to you today. Would you just go ahead and fill it out? Okay, never mind. Nobody's listening to that. (laughs) Uh, At the end of our service, a bucket's will go by and you drop this card in it. But keep it out because we're going to take some next steps. And again, if you're a first-time guest here, we're not coming to your house. So uh, we have a no-hassle policy. So you can feel good about filling that card out. Well, while you're doing that, I want to uh, take a moment to celebrate. I want to tell you how good you are and thank you for, uh, for your generosity. This last week, we uh, uh, collected toys for, um, for Connecting Henry. Actually, uh, they gave these toys to our kids in our community or giving them to them. They're doing a Christmas shop, and you gave over 500 toys. Can you give yourself a hand for that? Over 500 toys. So I want to say thank you. You know, uh, you're a very, very generous church. We're very generous at SEC, and I want to say thank you so much uh, for doing that. Uh, I know it's going to make a big difference on Christmas morning when those kids wake up and, and they get those toys that you gave, so thank you so much for that. Well, today we're continuing our series called Home for Christmas, and uh, I don't know, I, I just think I'll just start this way and ask this question. How many of you have ever got a janky Christmas gift? You know what I'm talking about, that word I just invented it, I guess, but was there, uh, there's two of us, that's all. The rest of you have always got great Christmas gifts. Come on, come on, listen, how many of you have got a janky Christmas gift? Let me see your hand. All right, there we go, that's the truth. Well, I'll tell you, when I, I had one that, I got, a, I got a gift that scarred me. I mean, like, it, it messed me up, and I'm remembering 40 years later, when I was like 10 years old, I remember going to my stepmother's uh, family's gathering to, to, you know, everybody opened Christmas presents, I guess. I was, like I said, I was 10 years old. I, I really didn't know. But all I know is I got a gift, and I was, like, excited like every other 10-year-old would be, and I began to tear into that gift, and I opened it up, and guess what I got? Soap on a rope. Can you write soap on a What is the 10-year-old going to do with soap on a I mean, you don't even bathe when you're 10 years old, right? I mean, soap on a rope. You've got to be kidding me. So I'm like, what do you do with this? And I can remember it was the most discouraging thing I've ever seen in my life because like, what, what am I going to do with soap on a rope? And I would say that many of us, when it comes to Christmas times, we have, this, we have this issue about giving gifts, right? Because we give certain kinds of gifts. The first kind of gift I think that we get is the kind of gift that I call it, I call it this. I call it the gift for a gift gift. The gift for a gift gift. In other, in other words, that means this is that when, I, when we go, um, you know, we find out that someone's got us something, we sort of investigate and see how much money they spend on us. So we go and try to spend about the same amount of money on them, Right? I mean, because you never, you know, you never want to give a, a $2 gift and someone gave you $30, right? A gift. You, you want to match that up. And so I think we all struggle with that. And then I think the other kind is what I call the gift for favor gift. That means that I give a gift to you, but I don't expect you to give anything to me right now. But I do have that in my pocket that I gave you a gift, right? And that you sort of owe me. There's strings attached. And I think we can get those kind of gifts. So today we've got to figure out how about this gift giving. How do we do it? You know, what is the proper way to do it? So 
as we talk about this today, I thought I would di- we would dive into the Christmas story and find out the men who started this thing anyway, what we're supposed to do. And who are the first people that we remember in the Bible giving gifts at Christmas? Who were they? Wise men, right? They were the wise men, okay? And so the Christmas story is so unique anyways because it, it goes over all types of people. Like remember the shepherds that were very poor people that the angels come to and they went and saw Jesus, uh, you know, when he was in the manger? Well, now we have the story of the wise men. And the wise men, you know, who are these people? We really don't know the, uh, who they are. You know, I'm like, they're, they're people that we know, they're firemen, right? Because the Bible said they came from afar. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, you'll tell that one again, yes. Uh, but, but, but they came from the east, you know, so, so there were like, they were very, we know they were wealthy men. They were the elites of their day. And so they're wise men, and we see these very educated, very elitist coming now to see Jesus. Now, what I want to say to you is this, is there's a statement that I want you to remember because it will help you throughout the rest of your life. And that statement is this. You ready? As we're studying the wise men, let's say it together. You ready? Come on, let's say it. Wise people do what wise people do. Isn't that, isn't that so true? Like if you want to be wise and you want to get it right, you got to do what wise people do. Now, stupid people do what stupid people do as well, right? And I've been stupid before myself, right? I think I, I've messed that up. And so what I want you to learn today is we're going to learn from the wise men. Why? Because wise people do what? They do what wise people do. And so we want to remember that. So I want to dive into this. I'm going to give you four things that we're going to learn from the wise men today because wise people do what wise people do. So I want to, we're going to talk about how to give this Christmas, just how to give. We need to know how to do it so that we don't get caught up in all the uh, uh, feeling bad, right? And like, oh, well, I can't, I got to give this person this, da, 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 da. Let's just learn a lesson from them. So number one, you take your outline out and let's begin. Here we go. The first thing, how to give this Christmas, number one, you write this down, is give with genuine joy. Give with genuine joy. Genuine joy. Give with genuine joy. And so we look into the, um, the story, of, of, again, of the wise man, wise men, and we find out that they've been traveling a while. They've been following this star. They've been studying the sky. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're going to see a, a, a baby that's going to be king, so... As they're following the star, apparently the star sort of goes out and they get close to Jerusalem. And they say, well, this is it. They see a palace. They go to Herod's place there, the king. And they say, hey, where's the, the, where's the Christ child going to be born? Where's this uh, king going to be born? And he begins to tell them, you know what? We don't know. And Herod even calls the, the people together that know the Bible and says, okay, what do you think? And they tell him exactly. They say, well, the scripture says, you know, in Bethlehem. But no one from Herod's place moved. I mean, they just stayed there. And the wise men said, well, okay, well, that sounds good. And they got out of there. And as soon as they began to leave there, they saw the star again. And it led them to Bethlehem. So look what it says. It says, when they saw the star, they were what? They were what? You didn't sound that, you didn't say that too joyous yourself. You're like, they were overjoyed. No, let's say it overjoyed. You ready? When they saw the star, they were what? That's what I'm talking about. They were overjoyed. They were happy. They were excited. They were thrilled about uh, seeing him. Now, why were they so excited? 
because they had, they prepared, they had these gifts, right? I think they were sort of like me, not that I'm a wise man, but, but I, I think that they were sort of like me because when I, when I get a gift for someone, I'm the kind of guy that can't wait to give it to them. Like, I have this rule I have it set for myself. I cannot get anybody anything for Christmas at least two weeks before. Why? Because I want to give it to them. Like, I, I have given my children gifts in advance, you know. And like, Rhonda's like, Jeff, they're not going to have anything at Christmas. I'm like, well, you know, I can't wait to give it to them. And I get all excited like that. And the wise men were that way. They were, they were a little bit excited about it. Look what the Bible says about this gift giving anyways. 2 Corinthians 9, it says this. It says, each of you should give what you have decided where? In your heart. Not trading, not saying, well, they got me this, and so I got to give them that. Oh, boy, we're going to get this Christmas stuff right. Okay, and he goes on, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That means under pressure. And at Christmas time, that sort of describes our lives, doesn't it? But he goes on to say, for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. That means someone that's happy to give. By the way, that's the spirit of Christmas, isn't it? Giving with joy, giving with, with uh, a cheerful heart. That's the spirit. You know, if you've got to give a gift and you're mad about it, you shouldn't give it. And I've given my brother-in-law one of those. Never mind. <laughs> haven't you? I mean, haven't you, like, grudgingly given a gift? But not anymore. I've matured now. Like, you don't get anything. <laughs> And I'm glad about it. I cheerfully don't give me anything. Okay, never mind. It's amazing. I read a story uh, this week of a, of a little girl who was excited. She, she's like me, just excited, like these wise men were excited to give Jesus a gift. She was excited to give her dad a gift. And she'd gotten in, she, she'd wrapped this gift up. It was about a shoebox size, and it was in beautiful red paper. And it's, she placed it under the tree. But every night, she'd go pick that little box up. She'd take it said, Daddy, Daddy, I got you this gift. Then once you open it, he said, Baby, 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 it, it's not Christmas yet. I'll open it Christmas. So every night, the same story. She'd get that, Daddy, Daddy, I got you this gift. Daddy, I want you to open my gift. Daddy, Daddy, open it. He said, Baby. It's not Christmas yet. I'll open it at Christmas. I want to, but I'm going to wait till Christmas. And sure enough, Christmas morning comes, and, 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 and Santa's already come, you know, and the parents are there watching their kids come downstairs. And here she comes flying down the stairs, and she goes past everything that Santa's brought her, and she goes under the tree, and she grabs that red box. She said, Daddy, Daddy, here it is. Here it is. Daddy, will you open my gift? And so he takes the gift. And he begins to slowly, you know, open the paper. He said, no, Dad, hurry, Daddy, hurry. And she helps him tear the paper off. <laughs> he opens up the box. And as he opens it up, he looks with surprise because he can't see anything in it. And she says, Daddy, don't you see? The box is full of my kisses. Yeah, that's a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, so I filled the box of my kisses. So he, he, took, the, he took his hand and, and he would say, oh, I see them now, sweetheart. And he takes them and he puts them right to his heart. You see, the lesson in that is this, is give a gift that you can put kisses in. Give it with your heart. Maybe, that, maybe that's what you should do is you're wrapping your gifts, you know. Maybe as you're, as you're thinking about buying your gifts and, and you're wrapping them and ask the question, can I put a piece of my heart in this gift? Or is this gift a gift for a gift? Put your heart into it. 
give the gift with joy. Okay, why? Why are we doing this? Why? Because our statement's coming up. Look, would you read this with me? Let's say it again. You ready? Come on. Wise people do what wise people do. And my friend, that brings a Merry Christmas. Number two, would you write this down? How to give this Christmas. Number two, the second thing is this, is give the gift of time together. Give the gift of time together. That's what wise people do. Again, look what he says. Now in Matthew, again, chapter 2 and verse 11, we see them, and it says this, uh, look what's underlined. It says, on coming into the what? The house, all right? So that means that Jesus is a little bit older now. We're not really sure how old he was. He could have been three months old. He could have been six months old. He didn't live his life in a stable. Thank God for that, right? He was born in the stable, but he didn't live his life there. So he's a little bit older, and Joseph has actually got them a house. It says, so on coming to the house, the wise men, that's who they are, saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and what? They bowed down and worshiped him. So, so the, again, this is so unexpected. It's so unexpected to see these people that are the elites of their day all of a sudden coming and knocking on Mo, Joseph and Mary's door. And when they come, the Bible says that they entered the house. They didn't just come and say, hey, well, you know, hey, there he is. Here, you can take this gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they didn't throw their gifts at him. They didn't just give him the gifts at the door. They actually went into the house, and they spent some time with them. And the Bible says they bowed down and worshiped. You know, it would be like you and I, if, if like if our, our favorite sports figure, you know, or our movie star, you know, if they gave us a gift, like maybe if, if somebody, a movie star, mailed you a poster and they autographed that or themselves, that would be quite a gift, right? That'd be awesome. But, it, but it, again, like maybe you're a sport, maybe you're a football fan, and, and you know, maybe if, um, if uh, Tom Brady come into your house, you know, knocked on your door, and oh, I'd have made half of you mad right now, haven't I? Oh. Yeah, we, we're, still, we're still mad about the Super Bowl, right? Yes. But if, but if he come to your door and knocked, knocked on your door and entered your house and gave you an autographed football and spent some time with you, you know what? that football would always be a symbol of the time together that you had with Tom Brady. It would be special. Every time you, that someone asks you about that football, you say, oh man, you ain't gonna believe it. One day I was just here watching the game, you know, watching the game on television and it was a college game and all of a sudden Tom Brady come and knocked on my door and he walked in and he started watching this college game with me and he gave me this autograph football. And you would just tell the whole story, right? The gift is only a symbol of the time spent together. Maybe that's what our gifts are. Just a reminder of the time that we spent together. You see, here's what I've come to understand, is that you have to give the gift of time before you can ever have a good time. <laughs> that's good right there. You see, most of you don't, like, you don't have a good time with people. You've lost that art of having a good time. Why? Because we don't give the gift of time anymore. But something's lost in our relationships, and, and at Christmas, it just speeds up, and it should slow down. It's that you have to give the gift of time in order to have a good time. And there's, you know, the th two things I know about you and I know about me, and they're all true for all of us, is there's two things that we need. The first thing, we need to be known, and we need to be needed. Every one of us in this room, we need to be known, and we need to be needed. And that's why you have family, is so that you can be known 
and needed. And some of you have moved away from your family, so God has given you a family here at SEC. And there's two things that I know about you in this family is that you need to be known and you need to be needed. And that's why we push Growth Track so much is because Growth Track helps you get into a group. Once you get into a group, you become known. And then once you begin uh, finding your gifts and talents out and you begin to serve, you become needed and you begin to see your gifts and talents grow. That's why I encourage you to go by there. There's some people in our church that served our church uh, uh, last week. They stuffed over 5,000 envelopes. As a matter of fact, this is a picture of, of that group that come in and did that. And listen, they're, they're known and they're needed, but they almost murdered me after that. I'll be honest with you. They were like, oh boy, that was a task. But they did it with such cheerful hearts. And I want to just tell you today, there's nothing like serving. And I want to challenge you today. I have a next step for you. It's on your connection card. It says this. It says, I will give the gift of time so I can have a good time. Would you check that box? As you're checking that box, you know, there's some visits that are, that when it's unexpected that are great, right? I mean, like if I just were to say, hey, I pop up at your door, that probably wouldn't be that great. But at my grandmother's, that's great. My grandmother's 92 now, and, uh, and when I go, you know, to my hometown, I'll usually go by her house, and I'll always call before I go in, because sometimes she takes a nap during the day. She doesn't drive. She's at home all the time, and so sometimes she takes a nap during the day, so I'll call, and, if, and you know, and if her, if the phone rings like uh, over th- three times, if it rings the fourth time, then I usually just hang up, because she's probably taking a nap or something. But usually every time I call, I'll call her. And sometimes I call her mama, by the way. Like the last time I went there, I I was in her driveway. I called and it rang like that third time when I was about to hang up. And all of a sudden she picked up and she said, hello. I said, hey, mama, it's Jeff. She said, hey, Jeffrey. She called me Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey. And uh, I I said, well, are, are you, what are you doing? She said, well, I was taking a nap. I said, well, hey, I'll just come back another time. Oh, no. No, I'll be right there. And I don't know how my 92-year-old grandmother does this, but from the time she hung up the phone, I mean, the time I hit uh, in call on my phone, she's at the back door. And she's just glad to see me, you know. She's excited to see me. And when Rhonda's along with me, you know, we'll go in and, and she'll start the conversation like this. She'll say, well, how are y'all doing? And then she'll say, she'll look at Rhonda and say, oh, you look so pretty. You look so pretty. And then she'll look at me and say, Jeff, you look good. She might be 92, but she's not blind. And then we'll go sit down, and she'll say something like, she'll ask Rhonda, she'll say, is he behaving? And, 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 and Rhonda say, yes, or she'll say, I don't know. she said, well, you just let me know, because if he misbehaves, I'll whip his little butt. That's what she says. And my grandmother, listen, until she was 90, had a hickory. Anybody know what a hickory is? She had one on her lampshade. I mean, we'd go visit, it was still there. And she just let you know that she was in charge, and she would use it. And so, but it was always great when we visit. And you know what? Every time we get in the car, you can ask my wife. We get, go to leave. She'll walk with us to the back door. She's got her little walker, you know, a little thing on wheels. Man, she can get that thing around. We go to the back door, and she'll stand at the back door, and she'll wave until we get out of sight. She won't, she won't close the door until, until we're all the way out of sight. You see, she loved the unexpected gift. See, it's the time together that matters. And I want to encourage you to take that time. Why? Why? Because this is our statement. Here it is. You ready? Let's read it together. Ready? Come on, let's read it. Wise people do what wise people do. 
And that's what wise people do. They enjoy time together. All right, the third thing is this. How to give this Christmas. Uh, would you write this down? The third thing is give a personal gift. Give a personal gift. This is what the wise men did. Look what it says. It says, when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. What were they? Let's read them together. Ready? Come on. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the wise men, there were three of them, and they gave three gifts. There were three men that gave, they had, they had thought out these gifts. You see, it's not just the thought that counts. It's how much, how much thought you put into it that counts. Would you agree with that? Okay, this deal that says, oh, it's the thought that counts. No, I've had some, I've had some uh, uh, second thought gifts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I've had gifts of what I call afterthought gifts. I mean, it was an afterthought. This is an afterthought right here. Okay, this is the old crud. We ain't got Jeff anything. Let's go get him something. He's 10 years old. Let's get him a bar of soap. Gee, Louise, I'm still scarred. And so, but it's not so much the thought that counts, it's how much thought you put into it that counts. John Maxwell, who is an author and also a, a, a leadership coach, he was a pastor as well. And, and years ago, he said his, he had come home uh, from his office and he'd come home and sit, uh, he'd come into his house, his wife said, John, you need to sit down. And he said, oh no, what's going on when she said that? said, you need to sit down. I want you to read something. He said, he even got, braced himself a little bit more. And she brought him a letter in there. And he began to read this letter. And it was from his daughter. And she said, dear mom and dad, I want to say thank you this Christmas for all that you've done for me. You adopted me when I was a little girl. And I realized that you chose me out of all the other children that you could have had in your home. You chose me. And I want to say thank you. And I want to say thank you for teaching me about God's love and about how families should be. And you've given me so much love all these years. Boy, isn't that a letter that every parent wants to hear one day or see one day? He said, you know what? He said, I've had the privilege to receive gifts from presidents and gifts from the Pope. He said, but there is no gift more precious than that gift. Why? It's a personal gift. You know, I had a sort of similar experience uh, I want to show you a picture here of this thing. Look at, look at this. You see that? Do you know what that is? Neither do I. I don't know what it is. But it's a gift. My daughter, Caitlin, gave that to me when I, she was in kindergarten. She come home one day and she, she had, she, uh, you know, she, it was time for Christmas and she had wrapped this up and she gave me that gift. Still, still to this day, I don't know what it is. It's a piece of tissue with a rubber band around it. I, I like to think it's angel's wings to match the ones that I wear invisible. <laughs> you know me, right? Heck no, that ain't it. <laughs> but anyway, she gave me this gift, and it was so, you know, it was so special. And I, I've, I've held on to that gift for almost 20 years. Today I have it. I got out to take a picture of it. Now, why? Because it's a personal gift. She gave it to me. And I just want to say, whatever gift that you're giving, make it a personal gift. It's not a matter of how much it costs. Again, it's a matter if you can give it with kisses or not. If you can give it with your heart. It doesn't matter. So that's, listen, that gift right there, I don't know, it may have cost a penny or something. I don't know. But it's the most precious gift I've ever received. 
and I'll cherish it the most. And so remember that. By the way, yesterday, my baby girl graduated college. Isn't that awesome? I'm so proud of her. So proud of her. And by the way, if you don't know who she is, she's a young lady that was singing on the far side over here uh, today. She's so talented. All right. Why are we even talking about this? Here's why. Let's say it. You ready? Let's say this together. Ready? Come on. Wise people do what wise people do. Come on. Would you say that with a little overjoy? Come on. Let's say it. You ready? Come on. Wise people do what wise people do. So don't do what stupid people do. Do what wise people do, right? And that's when we're studying the wise man. All right. Number four, how to give a gift this Christmas. Would you write this down? The fourth thing I would say is this, is give the gift of grace. Give the gift of grace. Look what happens here. When it was time to leave, okay, we're talking about the wise men. They were in there with Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph. They returned to their own country, notice that, by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So you say, Jeff, what's significant about that? I'll tell you what's significant about it. Is that when they gave their gift and they had spent time with them, they left. In other words, they didn't say, okay, well, listen, now, we've given you some great gifts here. Now, uh, our mailing address is right here. You know, here it is. Uh, we expect for it to, a special delivery. We want, you know, UPS to show up here and return the gift or pay us back. They didn't do that. You see, the only way that I know how to explain a, a grace gift is that it's a gift that you cannot repay. A grace gift is something that there's nothing that you could do to repay it. And that's exactly what they did. They gave the gift of grace. They said, okay, this is a gift. And you know, you and many of us in this room are good givers. You know, we like to give gifts, but it's very difficult for us to receive a grace gift, right? Because we think if we receive something, then we got to go return it, right? We got to do something to say, to let you know that, hey, we want to give you something of equal value to let you know that we appreciate that. But a grace gift doesn't do that. When you give a grace gift, you're not expecting anything in return. And when you receive a grace gift, and when you receive a grace gift, and you, when you receive a grace gift, you're not to try to give anything in return. It's something that you cannot pay back. And the Bible talks about this. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 8. God saved us by his what? By his grace. When you believe, and you can't take credit for this. Isn't that amazing? You can't do anything to pay it back. Let's read those next words that are underlined. You ready? It is a gift from, it's a gift from God, a grace gift, a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have what? Aren't you glad about that? That it's not just how good you are. And he goes on to say this, look what he says. So none of us can boast about it. Now here's the problem that we have. Is that many of you sitting in this room today, have not made a decision to become a Christ follower. You know why? It's because you've got, you've got junk in your life. And, you, and you, you know what? You say, when I get over this junk, when I, when I, when I can get over this addiction, when, when I can get over this affair, when I can get over all these things, you know, that are going on in your life that are not godly, you say, when I straighten this out, then I'm going to come to God. Well, let me just ask you something. How is that working for you? How is it working for you? Because if you can make you better and you refuse to make yourself better, then listen, you got more problems than we, we can talk about today. 
you know, because, listen, if you can help yourself, you should help yourself. But here's the deal. You can't help yourself. You're in this. You know, this is going on, and you don't have the power to change it. If you could change it, you would. So I want to introduce you to a grace gift today. That is Jesus Christ. God says, I want to give you my son. And when you ask him to come into your life, he's going to do something inside of you that you can't do for yourself. And then you will have the power to change. You will never change without Jesus. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Jesus Christ has come down to give you the power to help you to live this life and to, and to get better. The only way you get better is through Jesus. You can't get better through you. You made you bad, and you screwed up, and you messed up. But Jesus, God's grace gift, gives you the power to change and the power to live and the power to have a Merry Christmas. So today, if you're here and you're not a Christ follower, we want to invite you to do that. And so we're not going to ask you to come forward. We're not going to ask you to stand up. We're not going to ask you to raise your hand. No, this is between you and God. So we put a prayer right here in your program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. And you read this prayer. And if that's you, you say, God, that's me. And you say, God, I want you. And what we ask you to do is there's a card it's called our connection card, the one that you've had. And there's a box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Just check that box so we can pray for you. And we're excited because God has sent you here today to receive his son. And the rest of you here, listen, don't live your, some of you are like trying to weigh your good to your bad. And like, you think God doesn't like you from week to week, day to day. No, 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 no. He gave you a grace gift. It's not how good you've been that makes him feel good about you. Isn't that great? It's not how good you've been. It's about how good he's been, right? I mean, like when I look at that little tissue and, and I see those little, my belief, angel wings that my daughter made me. You know, it's not because I was such a great dad. She gave me this gift. And I just marvel over that gift, you know, and how great, how pure that is. And I want to tell you, when you think about Jesus Christ, you think about Christmas, it's God's gift to you. And so, it, listen, whether you have a bad day to where you've just really messed things up and it was really bad and you were embarrassed about it, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He still loves you and he still likes you because he gave you his son as a gift. And he didn't want you to return it on your behavior. No, he gave you a gift. You see, as I thought about this this week about grace gifts, I thought about, you know, I really thought a lot about this. About how that when Rhonda and I were, you know, we, were, we got married very young. And how that we, when we were in our early 20s, that I felt like God's call was on my life, you know, to, to be a pastor. And so I asked her to leave everything. She left her to leave her family, to leave her job, to leave everything. And we moved to the city and to Marietta. We lived in Monroe, Georgia. It's about an hour and a half away. And here we, I said, I want you to go. We had no jobs. We had nothing. And I was going to do an internship at a church. that I was volunteering. They didn't pay me. And so we left everything. And we had, we had to move into where the drug dealers were. We moved into a duplex. We had no idea. Somebody said, hey, I got a great deal. We could afford it. It was like 300 bucks a month in the city. That was a great deal. But little did we know that, you know, it's a drug dealer area, you know? I mean, like, it was, like, sketchy as could be. And, like, you know, we prayed a lot. We prayed, God, don't let us get shot tonight. You ever lived anywhere like that? And she left everything, all that security, and she followed me. I could never repay Rhonda. I could never repay her for going on this journey with me. 
I can never repay the God that won me to, the, to Christ, Randy Brooks, and all that he poured into me, he and his wife, Sheila. I can never repay Jerry Chitwood, who gave me my first opportunity to be a student pastor. And, and I can never repay him for that. I can never repay the, the staff of SEC that have, that have worked with me so diligently in fulfilling the vision that God has put in my heart. I can never repay them for that. And you know what? I can never repay you. I've thought about you this week. You give me the opportunity every week to speak into your lives. And I want to tell you, I do not take that for granted. It's the greatest privilege of my life is to be able to come and talk to you. You see, you give me the opportunity to share and to be a part of your lives. I can never repay you because you know what? Through all these years, you've stood with me. You have loved me when I didn't deserve it. In the good times, you, you have celebrated with me. In the bad times, you've cried with me. You have, you, you, I'm talking about every one of you, every one of you. You believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. You've stood with me. You've invested in me. And I just want you to know it's a privilege and an honor and I can never, ever repay you for all the grace that you've given me. And I've thought about what could I say today to just tell you how much I love you. And I couldn't think of any other words than to say this. I thank you and I love you. I thank you and I love you. You have filled my life with grace. Today, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to go down memory lane and how many people in your life have given you grace, given you a gift that you could never repay. They've leaned into you. They've stood with you. They've been there with you. And they've loved you. Why don't you spend some time today, this Christmas, reflecting on all the grace gifts? And I want to challenge you not to just reflect, but give it back. Give the gift of love that no one can repay. Give the kindness that they can't repay. Give that brother-in-law that drives you crazy. That you know you got to see him in a couple weeks again. Why not walk in and give him grace? You're wondering who my brother-in-law is right now, aren't you? Look <laughs> at the bad man. Give him grace. Give him grace. Would you stand with me and let me pray with you? So we're not this Christmas. We're gonna, not going to do the gift for gift gift. And we're not going to do the gift to keep score gift. We're going to do the grace gift. We're going to give what cannot be repaid. And we're going to give without looking for payment back. And we're going to receive without feeling like we've got to go give something that we really don't want to give. That's grace. And that's the spirit of Christmas. Let me pray for you. Father, today I thank you so much for who you are. You're the Savior of the world, oh God. And you're good no matter what. You never let us down, Father. Your grace is sufficient for every need. Your power, your spirit, your love. And we just here today to say thank you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that this Christmas will be the best one ever. Because wise people do what wise people do. And we want to be wise. So today, 
in the name of your son, Jesus. We want the king of our hearts to come and reign in us. In Jesus' name, would you sing this with Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.